just going to go out and... Good morning, Good Hopians. It's good to be here and bless you on this Lord's Day. I'm so glad that you have tuned in to join us. I'm Associate Pastor Richard Harris, and I will be your servant today bringing you the Word of God. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to come together at this time through technology and be able to still uh, worship together and lift up the name of Jesus and to learn from your Holy Word. Bless us as we get into your scriptures. May your Holy Spirit guide and direct our thoughts and our understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Looking at Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 8 today. Philippians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul wrote this to the church at Philippi, this letter, this epistle, while he was sitting in jail. Uh, and he wrote this uh, in Philippians chapter 4. Here's what it says, Philippians 4, 4 to 8. He says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice! Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. May God add his blessing to the hearing and the reading of his holy scriptures. Philippians 4, verses 4 to 8, I was reading from the New Living Translation. Is it possible to be continually joyful? I mean, most, most people really don't enjoy life. They simply endure it. Their lives are filled with anxiety and stress and pressure, and there, there's very little joy. Paul, in this simple passage, he gives us four very profound statements on how to manage stress in your life. We are living in the age of anxiety, according to the Smithsonian Magazine. A lot of stress. I hear it every single day. People talking about the stress of this pandemic that's just goes on and on. People talk about the stress of the society in which we are living and all the divisiveness in the, in the United States and the divisiveness uh, even within uh, you know, Christianity and, and the church, especially in this nation right now. And that just brings stress. We are living in stressful times. So I want to I want to look here and I, let's look at Paul's four stress relievers. The first one is this: Don't worry about anything. He says, "Wow, that's easier said than done, isn't it? Don't worry about anything." But you know, worry is a is a is a killjoy. It's a source of stress. We tend to expect the worst in life, 
Yeah. I, this is something that I battle with, and I have battled with it all my life. I mean, some people tend to be just very positive and upbeat all the time, and other people, well, are like me. I struggle with this. I remember even as a teenager, I was always very negative, very cynical, uh, very kind of depressed all the time, just very kind of into myself. And they, I, had, I had some good friends, and their family, kind of after my mother passed away, their family took interest in me. Uh, they had a couple, of, they had four children. Two of their children were, were in high school with me. And, uh, and so I was at their house quite a bit. Well, the mother worked at, worked at a bookstore in town. And what they would do with books that had been on the shelf for a certain amount of time uh, and they weren't selling, what they would do is they would rip the covers off those books and the books were supposed to just go to the trash and, and be burned, but then they would send the covers back to the publisher and they would get credit for them, I guess. Well, she wasn't supposed to do this, but she would dig through those books. And of course, she was probably the one ripping the covers off. That was her job. And whenever she would find a book by Norman Vincent Peale or Robert Schuller or anyone who was like a positive thinking, she would, she would hide that book away and she'd bring it home and then she'd give it to me and ask me to read it. And so I had this whole library full of positive thinking books that had no covers on them, but I could still read them and I devoured them because I knew that my default was to be negative and to be pessimistic. I could find a problem with anything. And that's just the way, that's how my, my mind just defaulted to that. And so I struggled with this ever since I was a teenager and other people recognized it in me too. And so I've been fighting this. I still have to fight it all the time. And I have to fight this because I think that's why this passage means so much to me because it speaks directly to my problem. Maybe you have the same problem. Hopefully it's not quite as bad as it is with me, uh, but I have to fight this constantly. Step one, don't worry about anything. You know, worry is, is assuming responsibility that God never intended uh, for us to have. It it's worthless. Worry doesn't change anything. That's the problem with it, and it's an incredible waste of energy. When we worry about things, they, they, they tend to get bigger and bigger and worse and worse the more we think about them, the more we ruminate on them. And we're very creative and can be very creative when it comes to worry. And we think of all these things that are going to go wrong and going to go bad. The interesting thing is most of them really don't ever happen. Actually, a study was done by Dr. Walter Cavert. Uh, he did studies on worries. It, he, he discovered in his research that 40% of the things that people worry about never even happen. Well, that's a pretty big chunk right there, isn't it? 40% never happens. 30% concern the past, and, and we can't change the past. 12% are needless worries about health. 
Go to the doctor, find out what's wrong with you. And if nothing's wrong with you, then stop worrying about it. 10% are insignificant or petty issues that, again, it's not worth us worrying about. He came to the conclusion that only 8% of our worries are really about legitimate concerns, things that we can do something about, things that we could change. Only 8%. 92%, nine things out of 10 that you're worried about, you probably shouldn't be worried about them. Wow, that's, that's important. Matthew 6, 6, Jesus said, When you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray so you're, to your Father in private, then your Father who sees everything will reward you. God knows about what you're worried about. Have you ever thought about that? Your worries, the things that you're so concerned about, God knows about them already. And that's why Jesus would say in Matthew 6, 34, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. What he was saying is, stop your worrying about tomorrow. If it's something that you need to plan for, then, then make a plan and execute that plan, but stop just sitting there worrying about what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what could happen. Insight, in order to relieve stress, you've got to start living in the present. Not in the past and not in the future. Live in the present. That's what Jesus and Paul was saying. Remember when Paul wrote Philippians, he was in prison waiting to be executed by Nero. Uh, he had some real worries. Here's step number two. Pray about everything. The first one was don't worry about anything. The second one is pray about everything. You see, when God tells you to, to, to take something out of your life, he, he usually gives you something positive to put back in to that void. He always replaces a negative with a positive. So Paul is saying, don't panic, pray. If you stopped worrying, do you realize how much free time you'd have? Wow. You know, it would give you a, it would create this great vacuum within yourself. You know, and, and, and then you could fill that with prayer. You could spend your time that you spend worrying about things, talking to God about them, taking them to the throne room of God. God who can actually do something about them. Pray about everything. And get detailed in your prayers. We get detailed in our worries, so get detailed in your prayers. Don't just pray, well, God bless me today. Pray specific. What is it that you want God to do specifically today? You've got a problem, you're facing a problem, you're concerned about it. What is it that you want God to do? You don't know what you want God to do. Ask God to speak to your heart. Ask God to tell you what it is that you need to do. And God will reveal it. We have not because we ask not, James says. Ask God. He'll show you. God, I'm, I'm under stress. I'm tense. I'm nervous. Well, be more specific about it. 1 Peter 5, 7, uh, Peter says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Take your problems to the Lord. Insight, there's no problem that's too big, for God's power, or too small 
for God's concern. Well, the third step is thank God for all things. Thank God for all things. That's the attitude of gratitude. It's something I have to keep reminding myself of daily. But when I do, and I remember to think about all the wonderful things I have going on in my life, all the blessings that God has given me, that just chases worry away. It does. It really does. Thank God for all things. Here's what you do. If you're depressed, if you're worried about a lot of things, here's what you do. Sit down and make a list of 50 things that you're thankful for. And don't stop until you get to 50. Number them. Get 50 things down on a piece of paper that you're thankful for. And every time you start feeling worried, drag that paper out and just start reading through. You'd be surprised at how your mood begins to elevate and lift because you are being thankful and you're being reminded to have that attitude of gratitude. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. What is God's will for my life? Well, here's part of it. Be thankful in all circumstances. Insight, there is always something to be grateful for. Always. Now, here's step four. This is the last one. Think about the right things. The right things. To reduce stress in your life, you have to change the way you think. The stress is in yourself. It's, it's not usually outside. It's usually coming right in here. You see, your mind is a, is a special gift from God. Your mind is capable of, of storing, some have suggested, over a hundred trillion thoughts. It can handle enormous things. And you've been given that mind by God. And another thing he's given you is he's given you the freedom to choose what you think about, and how you think about things. Your thoughts. He's given you the freedom to choose your thoughts. Let that sink in. You can choose to think about anything you want to. You can choose to worry, or you can choose to pray. You can choose to have an attitude of gratitude, or you can choose to walk around grumbling and criticizing and just miserable. You get to choose your thoughts. That is probably one of the greatest I just you know thoughts that, that's ever occurred to people is the fact that we get to choose how we think. You're choosing that because your thoughts are gonna they're going to affect your attitude. Your attitude is gonna affect how you feel, how you feel is gonna affect how you behave, what you do. You've got more control than what you think you do. You get to choose. So he says, think about the right things. You need to choose what you think about and think about the right things. Well, what are the right things? Well, here's what he said. He said, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right 
and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That's what we can spend our time thinking about. When we do, change begins to happen. It, it happens in our minds. It happens in our attitudes. It will start happening in the way you feel, the way you relate to, each, to other people, to each other. It will start changing what you do. Your, your, your attitude and your actions. And Paul is saying this involves a deliberate, conscious choice. Change the channels of your mind. You know, we can choose in this day and age, we can choose to, uh, to believe all the conspiracy theories, and we can go down this rabbit trail and that rabbit trail all we want to, and they're very interesting, and they will just suck you in. Or we can choose to say, I am going to try to find out what the truth is. And if I can't find out what the truth is about a certain thing, then I'm going to pray about it and ask God to reveal it to me. But I'm not going to chase down every single rabbit trail that someone can come up with. Insight, whatever I think about, is what I am becoming. Change your thoughts, you change your life. The results. So what's the results of all this? Philippians 4, 7. Then as you experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand, His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This is the promise of guaranteed peace of mind. It's what everyone's searching for. And we try everything to get this peace of mind. Oh, we try changing jobs, and we try changing spouses. I know people that have tried that many times over. They are thinking they're going to get a peace of mind if they just get... Yeah, it, it never seems to work out too well. But we try pills and fads and therapy, and we try rock crystals and, and stress reduction seminars, and we listen to podcasts, and we read books, and anything just to give us that little peace of mind, and yet Paul says God's peace, it, it, it's God's gift to you. It's his gift to you. He says, if you do these things, then you will start to experience God's peace. Have you ever experienced the peace of God coming over you, and you just felt safe and secure? I hope that you did have well, well then, but, but then sometimes it tends to leave. So how do you maintain that kind of peace? Paul tells us, let's look, look at this, uh, Philippians 4, 7. Then you will experience God's peace. So if you do those four things we just talked about, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds, here it is, as you live in Christ Jesus. As you continue to have your existence in Christ Jesus, as you continue to have your identity in Christ Jesus, that you recognize you are part of his body, part of his church. He is the head and we are part of his body. And you exist, you live and you breathe all in Christ Jesus. And that, when you've that's how you maintain that relationship. You maintain that relationship. He promises to guard your what? Hearts and minds. And he promises to give you God's 
peace. He will guard your hearts and your minds as you continue to live within Christ Jesus. What's got you worried? Finances, health, pandemic, economy, marriage relationship, kids, career. What's got you worried? We all have worries. We all do. But how do you handle it? As a Christian, we have got resources that unbelievers do not have. And that resource is the Holy Spirit. It's those scriptures. It's Almighty God. God's alternative to dealing with stress. Here's a recap. Four stress busters. Step one, don't worry about anything. Step two, pray about everything. Step three, thank God for all things. And step four, think about the right things. You know, it starts with knowing Christ as your Lord and Savior. It starts with asking him for that peace that only he can give. It starts with realizing that he is the Almighty and we are the creation. He is the creator. We are his created beings. And we have sinned against him. We've done wrong. We've done bad things. But he is the all-loving Father. He is the one who sent his Son, Jesus, to die on the cross and pay the price for your sins and my sins so that we wouldn't have to. And all we have to do is recognize who Jesus is. Repent of our sins and say, Jesus, I, I, I want to follow you. I no longer want to do the wrong things and have all the wrong thoughts. I want to be more like you. And then you commit your life to doing that. I did that. I did that 43 years ago. I made a sincere commitment. I knew about Jesus before then. But then I got to actually know Jesus, and that's the difference. And when you get to know Jesus, then that's when he can start relieving some of that stress and some of that worry and taking it out of your life. So I pray that if you have never asked Christ in your heart, that today would be the day that you would just turn your life over to him and say, God, I repent. I'm sorry for the bad things I've done, the wrong things I've done, how I've sinned against you. I'm sorry. Please, Jesus, I want you to start taking over my life. He'll do it right then, right there. And you will start to sense that, that peace that only God can give. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your peace. We thank you that even though we live in a very stressful world, yet we can still have that relationship with you, that relationship that grants us the peace of God. It can't come from anywhere, but it comes from your hand, and you give it great, greatly to your children. We thank you for that. Lord, give us a good week this week. And Father, give us all the strength that we need to face whatever difficulties come our way because we're facing them with you as our Lord 
and as our Savior. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. Thank you for loving us first. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.